You need to Yo, Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, Warriors, welcome back. My name is Rob Wong, and with us today is... Samantha Farshin. <laughs> Scott Pagliaccio. What's up, everyone? Simone, thanks for joining us. Super mm -hmm. grateful to have you here. We are appreciative of you being here, and it's clear that you're an expert in what you do. But for the person listening right now, can you give us an example of someone that you'd work with and the kind of problem that they'd come to you to resolve? Yes, I work with both men and women. I work with them around intimacy, sex, relationships, how to live, live a more pleasure-filled life. So working specifically on how to have better orgasms, how to be more confident in the bedroom, how to attract the most aligned lover, how to speak in your mo most authentic voice in your relationships. Yo, all of those, all, I want to explore all of those subjects. Anything stand out to you, Scott? Well, one of the things that really drew me to you, Simone, was one of the things that I really enjoyed was play. That's something I, I tend to forget about sometimes where I'm taking myself way too seriously. There's, you know, premature ejaculation, these dysfunctions that are happening. And I, I feel like it may be because there's a lack of play where we're taking ourselves too seriously. Maybe you could speak to that. Yeah, I love that you brought that up first. And that's definitely a pillar of staying connected to your sexual self and not letting sex or intimacy die in a relationship, right? We talk a lot about like long-term partnerships and how the spark dwindles and now we don't find that attraction anymore. It's because we forget about play. We forget about really being in our childlike curiosity. We are changing all the time as human beings. When we're in relationships, sometimes we just expect our partner to stay the same or we think that we know them when really we don't and they're changing too. Coming with playful curiosity can create a dynamic that is always fresh and always alive. And with our bodies too, do this exercise called pleasure mapping. And it's all about touching your body in the ways that you know that you like, like touch yourself as if you're, you were your own best lover. We know it's going to bring us to an orgasmic state or a deep sense of relaxation. But then I switch it up. Let's touch ourselves in a different way that we would have never thought of touching ourselves. So maybe that's like scratching or pulling or slapping, like touching our ears, touching our nose, because we want our body to reawaken and remember that it has senses all over. The same goes for partner sex. Often we'll just go straight for the genitals. And it's like, there's a whole landscape that we can play with. And we should remember when you're on the first date with somebody and you're feeling tingles all over your body. And even if your like hand brushes up against them and it feels energetically pleasing, we want to remember that that's possible at any point in our life. I love that. I love the curiosity. I remember not only this past time, but when I was partnered before, I felt like this woman's body was like this beautiful painting and I was the brush and there was no possible way that I could paint the entirety of her body with my hands. Like it would take a lifetime to be able to touch her. And so I really like that you brought that. I think that's super important. Like slow down. Don't just go right for the genitals. Take your time. Exactly what you said. When we give ourselves that space to discover we also give opportunity to ask questions or receive feedback from our partners, either what they're saying verbally or the way that they're moving their body of like, yes, I want more of that or no, that doesn't feel that good. You know, we can then learn. But if we go into that space, just assuming like, oh, I know how to please a woman because I pleased her in this way mm -hmm. before many times, 
we lose the capacity to understand our lover as as they are in that moment and receive feedback. I remember my initial approach to sex was like once I figured out on one day what I thought that my partner really liked, I was like, oh yeah, it'll probably be the same next time. But I started getting honest feedback about that the next time. And she was like, that doesn't feel good today. Yeah. Initially, it was just like so frustrating because it's like, ah, I thought I'd figured out the rules, but now I don't understand anything. And and so I think there's there's a lot of value to that approach of curiosity. Like expect that it's going to be different day to day. And it, it should be an exploration. But kind of rewinding back to something that you'd mentioned earlier about self-touch, self-pleasure. As someone who personally has a lot of resistance to that, I imagine a lot of our listeners might also have some shame and resistance to the idea of like, I'm going to touch myself in a way that feels good. So if someone were to take this on, what do you think the benefits would be for them? Like in my head, this probably links to the conversation you brought up earlier around like more fulfilling orgasms. But what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so that's a, a huge basis of the work that I do is around self-pleasure, self-touch, masturbation, because there's such a negative connotation to having a masturbation practice. Like even people think like once you're in a relationship, well, then you shouldn't be masturbating. You should only be getting that kind of um, pleasure from your partner. And, you know, sometimes a woman will be like, oh my God, I caught him masturbating. Like, is that cheating? Like there's questions about, is that cheating? Which I think is so crazy because it's so important for us to maintain a connection with our own body and have our own pleasure practice. That it, an orgasmic release is so good for our brain. It, help motivate us. It can help relax us. It gives us hits of dopamine, serotonin. It's just like really a great thing to add to your, your things that you do, like eating healthy, working out, masturbation, <laughs> drinking water. So I have courses in which I prescribe people to do this. And there is this shame around doing it. When we do do it, it's very quick. Mm -hmm. um, it's often in one kind of way. And that's generally because as children, you know, we were told, don't do it, don't touch yourself, you get caught. So then all of a sudden you're like under the covers, like just like stroking really fast. <laughs> and then like you get to the finish line and then you're done. And then you don't even give yourself the chance to enjoy it. It's like, okay, now like go to sleep or, you know, go do the next thing, run off to work. And then that like how we touch ourselves, how we masturbate is oftentimes how we have partner sex, right? It can be. So it translates into the way that we have orgasms. We're basically training our bodies. So if we can become more comfortable with the concept of self-pleasure, give ourselves this time to touch ourselves, we are allowing ourselves to learn how to have different kinds of orgasms. Also, not even to expect orgasms. We're training ourselves to like, oh, I can just be in this state of an energetic orgasm, like not actually ejaculating. I can maintain my body feeling these feel-good chemicals, but not have to reach this goal. And that's something that so many people don't understand and which can be a problem in sex because we have so much of an expectation. And then the other reason why it's so good is because if you could practice this with your partner, you can actually then show them exactly how you like to be touched. So imagine if you had your female partner showing you exactly how she's going to orgasm. And then you understand like, wow, she's no longer faking orgasms. I really know the physical response. I can feel her arousal. I can feel her engorgement. I can feel when she's starting to get wet. Like I have this roadmap because she knows her body. That's really beautiful, beautiful practice. That really is. That really sounds beautiful as you're explaining it. And it's something that's very new to me. I was in a men's group recently and 
we, it was no nut November. So we were required to not or uh, masturbate to orgasm. And the instruction was not to use pornography, which I completely understand. It makes a lot of, lot more sense to me now. But then the other thing was to not use your imagination. And that was like mind-blowing. I'm like, what am I supposed to do then? So I wonder if you'll say a little bit more about that as far as how you work with men and women around not using imagination and touching yourself to figure out your own pleasure and why that's important. And you kind of spoke to it a little bit earlier about, you know, we masturbate one kind of way. It works like <laughs> you just, you know, punch the clown and get it out of the way and let's go on to work. But there's so much more nuance there and so much more. Um, Did you just say punch the clown? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a term <laughs> that I grew up with, man. Punch the clown. Like, yeah, it's kind of an old term, but what I, but I'm 57 years old and this is something that I'm really just now starting to understand. And I wasn't, it wasn't in my realm of awareness and in, then I really got it. But I wonder if you'll speak a little bit more to that um, process. Yeah. So I do a lot of fantasy guided work as well. So just teaching people how to feel comfortable with their fantasy or I don't know, when I first heard, what's your fantasy? That was such a kind of cliche question that felt very overwhelming to hear. Like, what, I don't know, what am I supposed to say? I would often answer with not a real fantasy. I thought I had to say something that I'd seen in a movie or, you know, some porn scene or something. And it felt very detached to what actually gave me desire. I feel like we could talk about that on its own for a whole podcast because it's really learning how to connect to your core desires and your core desires are often formulated when you are in a very early like pubescent age and it's something around like maybe something that happened that was both sexualized and slightly uncomfortable so maybe you know you were in public and you got really turned on and that was your first real remembering of a turn-on experience or maybe it was a classroom with your teacher so, you know, later in life, we end up having these like fantasies that are our core desires, like maybe being seen, like maybe being called on, maybe being worshipped, like being deeply desired. So there are these individual core needs that we ultimately want to get met in our sexual experience for us to have like the hottest sexual experience that we could possibly have. And you mentioned like doing that without any imagination. That's something that you heard from one of your teachers. I... Yeah, that was kind of crazy to me. I'm like, without my imagination, what the hell does that even mean? But it, but then I kind of got it as I, as I laid on the bed and kind of got into it and really like let go of the, all of the shit that was in my head. And I just started to touch myself. I felt connected to my body and I just started to let go of all the bullshit. I wanted to be touched, but I didn't know. And how am I, like you were saying, how am I supposed to let my partner know if I don't even know how to touch myself? So it made sense to me that I didn't have to imagine it. I actually had to embody it. Right. Feel it for myself. I noticed it the other day. I was with this woman and she was going down on me and she was giving me a blowjob and I didn't like it. She was using her teeth and I, and instead of saying no, I didn't stop her. And I was just pretending as if I liked it and I didn't <laughs> like it. And so it's also getting used to and being comfortable with me knowing what it is that I'd like, and then also advocating for my needs or saying it in a way to her that isn't going to hurt her feelings or bring up shame. I think it's just a very powerful practice of, for me, not using imagination, not using pornography, 
really understanding myself and then also being able to articulate to a partner. So, yeah, I don't know if there was a question in there. It was kind of a, a statement or just an experience that I had. Yeah, I, that's, that's a huge thing that I work with with all my clients. It's, you know, feeling safe enough to actually say what it is that you want and what it is, especially that you don't want. And so many, especially women, but men too, tolerate different kinds of touch that don't actually feel good. It's like, actually, that does nothing for me. And it's like, well, why aren't you telling your partner that? And like, I don't know. I don't want to like offend them or mm, it's like not bad enough. It's like, well, you are doing yourself a disservice because you're <laughs> like tolerating something that doesn't feel good or it's annoying or it's doing nothing for you while the other person is thinking that they're deeply giving you something that you want. And the only way that they're going to know is if you tell them. And I always like to use this practice of um, asking my partner, like, how can I make this better? Mm. Like, how does this feel on a number scale to you? Like, you know, one being like, absolutely get the fuck off me to like 10. I'm going to have an orgasm. <laughs> Five is like, I'm a little bit numb. Like, I can't really feel it. And that is amazing because we'll go through the entire body and one person will be giving them touch that they think that their partner wants. Mm while staying connected to their desire and you get to learn so much information. I love that. So maybe for the man or woman out there that isn't enjoying the touch, how would you like articulate it to them in a way where it's not like cut that shit out, you know, caring for the other person. One of my friend coaches, she used to always express it as a shit sandwich. So it'd be like, somebody's touching you, you know, on your face, you don't like to be touching your face. You're like, Hmm, I really love it. When you touch me on the back of my neck, that makes me feel really good. It relaxes my body. It makes me feel turned on. Whereas on my face, it, you know, I don't feel as comfortable with you there, but I really love it when you touch my neck or when you like grab my thighs and you're letting them know why you don't like, then you're bringing it back to like, but I really love this because we don't want to feel pushed away. That's the other thing. I work with a lot of couples, men, women, individually around disappointment. So it's like, it sucks to be told that something doesn't feel good. And when that happens, oftentimes our body will just like shut down and we're like, fuck, I'm doing the wrong thing. Like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? And then you just will stop engaging. But the idea is to keep that erotic energy flowing and to be able to receive feedback. And if it's something that's like, no, that doesn't feel good. Instead of shutting down, we learn to be like, wow, thank you for telling me that. How can I make that better? What would feel good? So we're redirecting it so we can continue engaging and being intimate. I love that because it, it still keeps the responsibility over here on me. Like I have to let you know that I don't like this, but then it's my responsibility to, to continue to, to, to let you know what it is that I do like, like not have you guess. And I, I like that. I'm letting someone know a partner, what I don't like, that has the potential to shut them down or pull away. But it's like learning that we're going to do things a little bit differently. So the context, I think, is really helpful. Yeah, thank you for that. I want to jump in here because I feel like some some dots are connecting here from this conversation. So <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the fucking place, man. I know. No, 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 no. I, I don't think that's bad at all. Like, I like that we have different energy. But the thing that I'm I'm noticing here is, hey, we started off with the self-pleasure exploration mm. practice that Simone recommended. And we've just come to, like, having a conversation about what I like. And, like, the dots are connected. Like, if I don't take the time to explore what I enjoy without shame, 
then I'm not going to be able to communicate to my partner what I do enjoy in the moment. She's going to ask me, how does this feel? And like, I might be so focused on performing or making sure that she feels good while she's trying to make me feel good that I'm not in my body at all. And instead, I don't get a chance to enjoy sex. The other thing that I was noticing was this idea around expressing what we like and not treating it as like something that's a burden or shameful. The times that I have had a partner that really know what they want in the moment and they're like, here, touch me here and do it with this pressure in this direction. Doing it was really sexy because all of a sudden there was a huge response from them. They're super turned on, they're moaning or whatever the case may be. And, and this is my guess. I want to know if this is true. Simone, I think it's really hot for men when we see a partner that's very expressive of their pleasure. Is it sexy when guys do the same thing? Because I think a lot of us walk around with this idea of like, I need to be a stoic ninja while I'm having sex. No noise will escape my mouth. Um, so, oh, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I that's like maybe one of the number one complaints I get from the women that I work with. Like, he's not making any noise. Like, it is so sexy for a woman to hear a man's like primal growl and just like, any kind of grunts and yeah just like those those like earthy primal sensations and that i think requires you to actually be connected to your body and to be like okay like i feel safe to be in this deep pleasure and that's okay and that's also something in our culture right now it feels like a lot of men tend to shy down their their primal energy for you know many different kinds of fears or but yeah, it is incredibly sexy to feel a man be connected to his erotic pleasure and to express that when um, being pleasured or while having sex. And even to say out loud, you know, like practicing dirty talk just to express what you like. If she's doing something to you that you really like, say that out loud, ask for more of it. Yeah, that's definitely been my experience. Like, it, So when you're working with men, is that something specifically that you help them with? Yeah, definitely. I, I work a lot with men just to get them back into their bodies, to feel more confident, to feel like they can express their full range of, of pleasure and erotic energy and primal energy, getting back into like being able to wrestle, being able to, again, bring in play, bring in curiosity, to be to have the emotional intelligence to see your partner and see how she's responding so that you can push those edges and so that you can have that really deep, delicious, like primal sex. That's definitely been a challenge in my own experience as far vocalization or dirty talking doesn't seem to be that much of an issue but like that guttural like roar just completely letting go is there a specific way in which you work with men to help them with that to help me with that to help all the men with that because i know i'm not the only one going through but i'm definitely asking for myself i'm being selfish here Simone. when i'm doing one-on-one -on -one work i'm actually like your reflection i'm partnering with you. So we may be like actually doing exercises where we could be like wrestling or something like that. And I'm encouraging you to use your voice and to practice that. And maybe we don't want to do that first growl, like in the bedroom with somebody that we really like, you're like, I don't know how that's going to come out. So that's where I come in to be that, you know, safe space where it doesn't matter if you fuck up. It doesn't matter if you sound silly. We're going to learn how to do it. That's also a really good thing to remember that, you know, sex is learned. Like, just like anything else. And we shouldn't be embarrassed about that or ashamed about that. That makes sense. Yeah, thank you. I want to speak to the value of what you just brought up. Yeah. I have a, a very attractive friend who's also a coach that does a lot of work around shame as well. And just being seen by her while being naked 
was was kind of a big thing for me. Even talking about it right now is awkward for me, but I didn't recognize how much body shame that I had. Because like, as a guy, it's just like, oh, well, it's not as bad as what women have. There are less standards. It's fine. But being naked in of itself is something that I just didn't really like. Just being witnessed by her until my system settled down enough that it felt okay was something that completely undid the story that I had. I don't have any reservations around that anymore. And it was just from like one session of being witnessed by someone that it would normally be very intimidating to be witnessed by. So I, I love that that's the direction that you've taken with your work. I think something about having the experience itself rather than just kind of like dealing with the thoughts about the thing can be very, very valuable. Yeah, totally. And that is all rooted in how we first experienced our bodies or our sexuality when we were young. And so that stuff lives in us for a long time. And then having the ability to have that experience outside of a directly sexual encounter is is very healing and both for men and women so i work with a lot of men and women equally in the same way um, around witnessing or just you know reconnecting to their pleasure but being witnessed in that or being guided in that so that they can um, just understand what it feels like to be witnessed in that and be like oh that's actually not bad or maybe that's like a turn on or ooh, maybe there is something that's preventing me for like growling my full range of growl like where is that coming from and then we'll go deeper into that and unravel that what i'm noticing is how important having a coach in this area because of all of the shit that's in the way why would i think that i would be good at this when it's not something that i've had a lot of practice around so i just see an extreme amount of value in what it is that you provide for your clients in the way of intimacy and sex, it's like, oh yes, there's a safe space for us to practice being the sexual beings that we are and can become, because like you said, we're never the same. We're becoming and evolving constantly. And it just makes so much sense that I wouldn't be good at it or another man wouldn't be good at it. And there shouldn't be any shame given all the bullshit that's been filed on us. Talking with you feels liberating because it helps to shed all of the bullshit that's in the way. And it's like, of course I should hire a coach and get help around this area of my life so I can be better at it. So my partner and I can be more fulfilled. So just really honoring you and the work that you're doing um, with us men and with women and appreciating you taking your time to come on the podcast. And I know we're starting to wind down a little bit. so. Also in closing, thank you for being here and sharing and allowing us to talk about our, my dysfunctions and hangups. <laughs> and I've, I've, been, I've grown, you know, exponentially through the conversations. And this would also be a really good opportunity if you're listening right now and you're curious to connect with Simone or you want to know what she does. Like, is there a program I can sign up for? Um, Simone, would you fill people in on how they can best reach you and in what capacity they can work with you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I just wanna say thank you guys also for having me on the podcast. This is such a fun conversation that I that I love having. And again, I feel like we could spend a lot of time in each one of these little micro topics that we, we started. It feels so great to just talk to the male audience as well. And you can find me, most of my work is on Instagram at The Pleasure Plus. And you can also find my workshops and my courses at thepleasureplus.com. 
also my other coaching website, which is simonefarshi.com. So either of those outlets, you'll get to me. I do have, I have a lot of coaching programs and retreats for women. Currently, one that we practice our body worth, we actually practice masturbation, we practice orgasms, we do a lot of mirror work. That's something that we didn't really talk about, but a lot of women have not even looked at their genitals. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big growth edge for a lot of us and really important. And also, I think something that men don't really know about that, like, you know, you guys have had the opportunity to look at so many different kinds of female genitals. And while we, on the other hand, have like only seen what we see maybe in porn and that's one version. So if you guys can ever take some time just to really like adore and love your woman's pussy, that's going to yeah. heal so much. <laughs> and then as far as my men's work, I'm going to be working on a co-ed workshop soon. But in the meantime, it's just mostly one-on-one -on -one work and you can book that straight from my website. Cool. Yeah, that was killer. I mean, there's like a million other questions that have arisen as a result of having a conversation with you. There's there's so much richness here. But yeah, I think this is probably the time for me to shut up and just say thank you for being here. We really enjoyed this conversation and we'd love to have you back sometime. Anything that you want to close out with in terms of like last tips or something that you want the listener to walk away with? Yeah, we also have young people. What would you say to a thousand teenagers? I have a son also, he's 12. So I talk to him about this stuff all the time. And he's always seeing my sex books. And just last night, actually, he was like, mom, like, what do I tell my friends that you do? I'm like, you know what I do? He's like, yeah, but how do I say it? <laughs> and because uh, it's like, it's embarrassing, right? It's like shame. We have all that shame that's coming up when we're that age and um, we feel a lot of judgment around sexuality. And I'm so happy that we've, I've had these conversations with my son around porn, around like what to expect on the, you know, the free range of the internet and what actual intimacy looks like and to guide him to some of those websites that are more ethically produced or even just talk to him about like self-pleasure, you know, to encourage him to explore his body in a way that's connected to his heart. And there's nothing wrong with that. And to have the authority over his own voice of what he likes and what he doesn't like. So he can have reverence for himself and also give that same reverence to the girls that he ends up connecting with. So I think that is so important and needs to be talked about more. And I, I really feel that the whole sex ed platform needs to change because as we know it, it's really just about what kind of STDs you're going to get and not to get pregnant, but nothing about self-pleasure, nothing about how to actually speak up for yourself and your sacral authority. Um, again, I feel like we could have another podcast just on that. <laughs> yeah, we, we should have that conversation. I'm the model for how my son is supposed to show up as a man and how my daughter, the type of partner my daughters are supposed to attract. And I've not always been this man. I don't want my kids to grow up with shame around their sexuality. And I actually had a conversation with my youngest daughter and she, she said the most beautiful thing to me. She said, we were having this deep conversation. She was kind of like yelling at me, telling me how I showed up for her in the past and how she didn't like it. And then she goes, dad, but, and I wanted to tell you, I fuck boys and girls. And I was like blown away that my daughter felt safe enough to share that with me. And I thought it was really beautiful. She kept looking at me to see what my reaction was going to be. And it was just one of like, that's beautiful. And I'm grateful that you shared that with me in the way that you shared it with me. So I, I don't want to bring the same scene that I grew up with 
it jumped out on my children. So I, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Checking in with yourself and how comfortable do you feel about talking about that? Because all of your uncomfortabilities are going to come up when you're talking to your kid. I know even me as a sex coach, like when my son does, I'm like, like, what do I say? What's appropriate? You know, there's all of these like things. And a lot of it is like how we were talked to about it when we were young. And that immediately comes to the surface. So, you know, the more healing and conversations that you're having as an adult is going to prepare you for being able to have those conversations with your kid in a way that's not contrived or, you know, scares you when it comes up. You can feel like this is just very matter of fact information and let me guide you to the right resources and how beautiful to be able to do that rather than like our kids are going to find all sorts of things on the internet. It's either going to be the internet or their friends at school. And I'm sure we would rather be their teachers than those resources. <laughs> but yeah, final tips. I think all tips would be stay curious, explore yourself, understand your deepest desires and learn how to express them and play with that with your partner, play with that with yourself. Yeah, don't forget to, to self-pleasure, make that part of your daily practice and your health routine. It's just as important as working out and eating good food. And yeah, that's it. Love the utility of what you brought here today. And for you warriors, if you're listening right now, if you like this podcast, if you like Simone, be sure to hit her up. That's the, the Pleasure Plus, if I'm remembering that correctly, on Instagram or thepleasureplus.com. And if you like this episode in particular, be sure to leave us a thumbs up or stars. stars. We like if the that's stars. Yeah, sorry, 10 stars, five stars, <laughs> all the stars. If that's true for you, I always say that. Like, whatever amount of stars feels good for you and feels true for you, and share it with a friend if that feels good for you as well. Yes, part of your pleasure exploration. So <laughs> thank you. Love you. Appreciate you being here. Peace. Peace.